Welcome to the Wellness Within podcast. We are a nonprofit wellness center for patients, survivors, caregivers, and families affected by the trauma of cancer. We provide a wide range of services that enhance an individual's ability to experience quality of life. And we believe that everyone should have access to our programs and conversations, which are offered freely to ensure that no one is ever denied the support they need. If you find inspiration in what we share, we invite you to consider supporting Wellness Within through a donation. Your generosity enables us to continue offering these valuable resources to our community. To make a donation and contribute to the well-being of those facing cancer, please visit our website at wellnesswithin.org or click the link in the episode description. Your support makes a difference. So thank you for being a vital part of our mission. Together, we empower whole person well-being, bridging gaps, and reconnecting to what is most meaningful. I was confirmed by a doctor through x-rays who said, you need to take this medicine. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go to retreat with Mr. Ming Tong, nine-day retreat. And I can't tell you, that retreat was so powerful. And over the next few weeks, continuing practice, I do not have hip arthritis. Welcome to Wellness Within. We would like to thank Koinonia Family Services, Consolidated Communications, and Merchants Bank of Commerce, who in part sponsor this podcast. Join us for relaxing meditations and enlivening conversations about topics that support wellness in the presence of cancer. To access our class schedule, to make a donation, or to sign up for our newsletter, please visit wellnesswithin.org. Hello, everyone. This is Patty Brown from Wellness Within. And today our podcast series is going to be about Qigong. And I have an expert here who I'm very excited to have this conversation with. And his name is John Brewer. And John has been teaching at Wellness Within for uh, just a little over five years and has done an amazing job with all the clients who have come over time. And I have a great deal of respect for John and the work that he does and equally as the human being that he is and his spirit really shines through as you will hear in our conversation today. So take a seat, have a great listen, and I'm going to introduce you to John. Hi, John. Hi, Patty. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> we're <Wow>. doing it. <laughs> yeah, and what an honor too. I mean, to be here with you, just talking about Qigong and doing this podcast and also these five years at, at Wellness Within have been super meaningful for me. Just uh, it has been for us too. Okay, so can you tell a little bit more to our listeners about yourself? Sure, right. Well, I'm, uh, I'm a lifelong educator, all kinds of different roles within the realm of education. And upon retirement, which was in 2006, I really just sort of happened upon Qigong. And I was just amazed from the very beginning, the first teacher, Roger Yonka of the Integral Institute of Tai Chi and Qigong is, I've been certified in his system, three years of training in his system, and also certified in wisdom healing Qigong as well through Master Ming Tong Gu. And what I love about that is that I still get to teach. It's a form of education. I mean, I do these practices for my own health and well-being on many levels. And I love to share. I love to, to teach. 
I have the skill set of teaching adult learners. And it's it's just a pleasure. I love to stay engaged. I love to contribute. It brings a lot of meaning to me. And the feedback I've gotten is that it matters to people and it's helping other people live lives of vitality and happiness. Yeah, well, that shows. I see students over the years, in the early years, um, before the pandemic, leave your class and how they looked when they walked in versus how they looked when they walked out was completely different. It was it was like they got back into their bodies and and their own personal light. And it was it was always really quite amazing to watch people as they entered and when they left. It was very different in a beautiful way. So let me ask you, though, what drew you to Qigong? At what point did you decide to dedicate yourself to teaching? I'll just share that it was accidental, as so many amazing things in our lives can be. Going to the Esalen Institute with my wife, Deanna, and her being really clear on what she wanted to take wasn't what I wanted to take. And I saw something about Qigong. I didn't, I'd never heard the term before, but it sounded interesting. And I just had an immediate connection with the teacher, Roger Yanka. And I just, I couldn't get enough. Came back for another week with him. And then I enrolled in his three-year training system. I thought, I may never teach this, but I know that when I teach something, I will learn it more deeply myself. And one of the brilliance, brilliance of Roger's training and also Ming Tong's was that from the get-go, day one, you commit to sharing. It could be just one person, but you form a Qigong practice group and you share what you're learning from day one. And I just think that's a brilliant aspect of the training models for both of these great teachers. That's wonderful. It's almost as if they're saying, you're going to get a gift here and you need to pass this gift forward. Yes. You need to share this with exactly. That's awesome. So have you noticed over the years how it's impacted your own life? Wow. And in so many different ways. Ming Tong talks about healing stories and I've had a few. Um, you know, over the course of my late 40s and 50s, I went through a clinical depression four different episodes of, of that, took medicine, and then upon retirement and a lot of you know therapy and other wellness approaches, I was making progress, but it didn't uh, completely drop away. Upon retirement, I had the time to, to practice consistently every single day and in depth, and it didn't drop therapy, but I really feel it was the Qigong in particular that really, I don't have depression. I don't go through depression. You know, after all those episodes, they say you're likely to have it for the rest of your life and, and need medication. And not only do I not take medication, I don't experience depression. Wow. And of the Qigong technologies that may have made the biggest difference was the sound healing of, of uh, wisdom healing Qigong. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to cover that here in, in a couple of minutes. So that's, that's powerful, though. I mean, to be able to say, because we know mental health is is an issue we don't talk enough about, but to be able to talk, share a compelling statement like that, that, look, you know, I've been doing this practice and I don't deal with depression and I'm not taking medication and, and I feel great. Now, that's that's a pretty powerful testimonial. <laughs> I attribute uh, the, the healing from depression to Qigong primarily. And um, I also had arthritis medium grade, pretty, pretty intense arthritis in my hips. 
you know, it was confirmed by a doctor through x-rays who said, you need to take this medicine. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go to retreat with Mr. Ming Tong, nine day retreat, see what happens. <laughs> and I can't tell you that retreat was so powerful. And, you know, I noticed probably mid retreat, the pain in my hips being reduced and it wasn't entirely gone by the time the retreat was over, but it was maybe 70% gone. And over the next few weeks, continuing practice, I do not have hip arthritis. Wow. And that comes from, I would imagine, like dedicated practice. Yeah. It's kind of in the, in the arena of you, you get what you pay for, sort of. Mm -hmm. Although it's different for everybody. Brief practices, consistent, maybe not every day, but consistently can have big benefits. Mm -hmm. So there's benefits to any approach you, you take. But for me, the big benefits, you know, the hip arthritis and the depression did take consistent, you know, intensive, regular daily practice. Yeah, I bet. So what is Chikong? I mean, how would you oh, describe it? <laughs> that is a great question. Yeah. And I love I love getting to answer it too. You know, so sometimes I'll say a couple of things. One, I'll say, say, some people think of it as Chinese yoga. Because mm. yoga and Qigong, one in India and one in China, were developed about the same time, something around the neighborhood of 5,000 years ago. Wow. And they bear some things, a lot of things in common, and then some clear differences as well. Then you just take the, the word qi gong and kind of pull the terms apart, or the syllables. Qi means energy or life force energy, and gong means cultivation. So cultivation of life force energy. Mm. You can also think of the term qi gong as an umbrella term, where we have on the one side, very quiescent forms of Qigong, which would be sitting or standing meditation forms. On the other side, the active or yang side of things, you would have Kung Fu, very active martial forms. Right in the middle, you have this slow moving meditation that's really martial art slowed down that's called Tai Chi. And all of them are under the umbrella of Qigong. And many Qigong schools will teach forms from the quiescent, the very active, and the Tai Chi as well. And finally, on this question, most people think of Qigong as movement. And yes, movement is a key feature. But it also includes breath practice, self-massage in all the schools of Qigong, and meditation. And one of the beauties is that they actually work together. So if we're doing a movement, as long as our mind focus is on the movement, we're staying or returning to the present moment, it's meditation. And as long as we're keeping our breathing going long, slow, deep, that's part while we're moving, meditating, moving, breathing. Self-massage, even as we can do when we're moving about, although sometimes it's done separately. Two final components, sound healing, I mentioned earlier. All the schools of Qigong have it, some emphasize it more than others. And finally, visualization. One of the differences, I think, at least between East Indian yoga and Chinese Qigong is the use of the mind. So in Qigong, there's a big emphasis on uh, using the imagination to visualize, which augments and amplifies the impact of the, of the practices. 
So where does, when, when people talk about your chi, what is, I mean, you said energy, you know, so what is when people say, I got to balance my chi or <laughs> what, what does that really mean? Right. I know this is one of the ones that's most difficult to talk about, but also most fun to talk about too, because I like to use the image of the metaphor of a fish in water, the environment of water for the fish is so ever present one could you know doesn't come to mind chi is everything all energy all form and all formlessness so it's pure energy and we're working with cultivating chi though we work with the prime primeval force of the earth that's the yin energy of the earth and we're connecting with the heaven energy the sky the cosmos the heavens mm-hmm. yin earth yang sky and then those two forces mix and merge it's it represents the origination of the entire universe on the one hand and every millisecond of the life of our physical beings which is composed of matter and space you think in terms of atomic particles so that what chi is created by the alchemical mixture of earth and heaven so our biosphere where we live all living things that's chi and then the way we cultivate the chi is through engaging the chi you know so the our practice of qigong practice help us to be conscious of the water in which we're swimming, of the energy field that is our biosphere, and mm. consciously interact and co-create with these forces. So in, in simple terms, for those who aren't quite familiar with all that we're discussing here today, is I always think about when the terminology that a lot of people use about being grounded, right? Mm-hmm. And or protecting your boundaries. These are words that are used quite a bit, right? And so you think about it being grounded and correct me if i'm wrong but it's like and this is a simplification this is not qigong but it sort of helps to say it's really not it's something that we all know you know when you when being grounded is like oh i don't i feel like i'm just not grounded today it's like because the first thing you say is like feel the balls of your feet to the ground yeah right feel your feet you know on the ground you know you just get yourself back in your body and then when you're able to do that then you know notice the energy in your body mm-hmm. just, just layman's terms right just noticing oh where do i feel tension all that but that's sort of really what you're referring to is is that people get back in and being able to see where where the poles are coming from how to get back into yourself and then utilize the power and the resources from the earth and from the sky from the cosmos and universe is that i'm fairly layman terms <laughs> summary yeah, it is and I, I like to just think in metaphorical terms of a tree and there's a practice called standing like a tree in qigong practice where you really visualize and sense yourself and actually connect with the the truth that we are connected with the earth through the bottoms of our feet and that we actually have energy gates in the bottoms of the feet where that we can work with that energy, you know, just connect with the, the very fact that it is moving upwards in us. Same time, while we're 
grounding, we're also skying, we're connecting up like a tree does with its canopy. Mm. So just like the root structure, which connecting with the nurturance of the water and the minerals, and the mycelium is through the top of the head, the by way, the point right at the top of the head, we're drawing energy down, just like a tree welcomes sunlight. Yeah. Creates nourishment from sunlight. And that energy comes down in the form of sugars, you know, and mm -hmm. there's that mm -hmm. same mixing, that mixing, that alchemical mixture within the tree that creates vitality. I love that. That's a great description. All right, that really speaks to me. Okay, so let's go jump ahead into sound healing because that's right. something that has is very intriguing to me. And I think probably a lot of people don't, uh, including myself, I was new to it um, until several years ago, but um, it's, it's part of the Qigong practice, as you had mentioned earlier here in our conversation. It's, it's a vital part of Qigong practice um, from my understanding of other people that I talk to that do Qigong. Um, how would you describe that in a non-intimidating way <laughs> to our <laughs> listeners to go, it's okay. Sound healing is, is it's, it's, it's good. I mean, and it's powerful. Well, I hope I have a good answer because I'm going to be starting a series, a sound healing series at Wellness Within. April 13th. Okay. April 13th. So in, in Qigong, we have, I'll just say a brief bit about the overarching aspect. There's something called the Taoist Medicine Wheel, where corresponding with the seasons, you know, we have elements and animals and colors, and we have the our organs. The traditional Chinese medicine sees the organs as a family of organs that all work together. And so each organ houses emotion. And when the emotion is contracted, let's say the heart, you have animosity or enmity. And when we open it up, it's the same energy that opens up through the sound, the vibration of the sound, the same energy opens up into kindness and joy. Mm. So we're working with sound healing. We're also working with our organ systems and with our breath. So we, there's a big emphasis on long, slow, deep breathing, you know, that ends up on the exhale with the sound. Different systems are handle things a little differently. Some, the sound is out loud and very, you know, intensive, and you're really working with the vibration that's getting created. Mm -hmm. And others are can be whispered. What I'm gonna be working with is more of a whispering sort of thing. It still creates a vibration. I've just started really in learning and, and doing a deeper dive personally with sound healing. And I have noticed that it's interesting when you tune into, when you do these various, very short abbreviated uh, sounds to feel that vibration, you know, whether I, you know, it's my heart level, you know, or different, and I use a different sound and I can feel it in my lungs or in my, I think of the different, the five different ones that um, Master Ming Chang Gu does, but it's, it's, it's astounding to me to be able to feel it in my body. And to give myself, be honest with you, it's like giving myself permission to your inhibitions, you know, is to allow yourself yeah. just to just <laughs> let go, you know, right? and experience that feeling of, look, I, I, you know, when we talk about healing and, you know, these books written about healing yourself, I mean, the only way to do that is have an intimate experience within yourself, utilizing mm -hmm. what you have and your voice Absolutely. and being able to do that vibration is an intimate connection with yourself. And I, 
that's what really the light bulb moment for me is you're describing that is that that's what it feels like when you're doing it it's like wow right wow is right and there are sound healing systems outside of qigong and within qigong there's different approaches and the one i will all be sharing this wednesday and for five successive sessions is includes movements so many of the sound healing systems have movements that uh, go along with the sounds so i really like the movement i really like this one it's it's six sounds five one for each of the organ systems and and a sixth one for something in traditional chinese medicine called the triple burner mm. i'd take another podcast yeah okay that's a date <laughs> okay <laughs> okay well so uh, only because we have limited time here today let's shift to what have you noticed over the years whether it be at Lomas within or all of the ways, you know, you have different places that you teach in your own practice, you know, when you're working with cancer patients, what have you noticed when they are engaged in the Qigong practice? The first thing I noticed that's really consistent across the board, I believe is going to be stress relief and re release of tension. And, and along with that, that means that contracted energy is, is getting released. And so person you know, it's all relative, right? Mm. I, I believe that I've seen enhanced vitality, mm. you know, through relaxation, and especially with the wellness within model, uh, pre-COVID at least, mm -hmm. and hopefully more so in the future with the support, the idea of a, a support system of people interacting and sharing their experience with one another. And when we, I love it on Zoom, uh, but we, get together in person we create an energy field mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we actually practice transmitting chi healing chi to one another as well mm. and uh, i have a sense of just people getting uplifted and who doesn't need that whether you have oh, a diagnosis or not right right you know? yeah Absolutely. Do you ever have anybody tell you what they've experienced? Because there was a woman who did your class. Oh my goodness. Um, I want to say probably three and a half years ago. And she would, she would peek her head into my office door and say, this is the best thing I've ever done for myself and all the things that I've been doing for my own healing. This is absolutely one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had. And she would come regularly to your classes and I remember thinking, because I wasn't as familiar with Qigong, and I remember thinking, wow, that's a, talk about testimony. And that's very powerful. And what she said that that was doing for her, which prompted my question, because I know I see it, but our listeners may not you know, necessarily understand, well, how does that affect someone who's dealing with disease or cancer? And it, vitality, and, and I mean, that's the stuff that people, I think, when you're dealing with cancer, gets robbed. Yeah, I think so too. I, you know, I just think that, you know, through the practices, anytime you're breathing more deeply, anytime you're moving your body, we always modify our practices to accommodate whatever someone may be going through with mm -hmm. whatever maybe pain they may be experienced. We have ways to modify it. But even the smallest movements opens things up, opens up contracted energy, mm. you know, kind of releases kind of the stagnant energy that can kind of stick with people when they're struggling so much all the time, you know, and just allows a little breath of fresh air to come in there. I've heard people say that certain things they had been going through, like knee pain or shoulder pain was alleviated. And also um, 
sense of hope or of some optimism or sunniness may come for people, you know, and I think attitude and sort of perspective does make a difference in the healing process. Healing in general. I mean, it's such a, and it's an interesting word. Some people are not comfortable with it. Healing isn't curing. Okay. We're not talking about curing anything here. We're talking about a healing that goes deeper of things inside of us that aren't giving us what we need for vitality, for optimism, for feeling good in our bodies again. And so what kind of healing can occur with Qigong? And I know that you're, you've been amazing over the years to give people so much research and say, look, research supports this. Like you said, it's a 5,000 year practice, right? So yeah. it's not something just was dreamed up overnight. So can you kind right. of briefly touch on that, on the, the research out there regarding healing in Qigong? Yeah, well, there's action research. There's, you know, I guess um, organizations that do research and then there's action research. And I want to say those 5,000 years you mentioned, these practices remain today simply for the fact that they've worked for a lot, lot of people. They've lasted over these over millennia in some cases. Action research, I will reference Wisdom Healing Qigong and Master Ming Tung Gu having assisted in two-week retreats. Uh, two in particular uh, served Parkinson's patients, mm-hmm. 50 people, all with Parkinson's. And at the end of the two weeks of intensive practice, and Ming Tung will always invite people to, to share their experience. They always tend to be testimonials. I may have told you this story already, but I, I heard a, a man who had been a cook who lost his sense of taste and his ability to manipulate the instruments that uh, are required to do cooking. He was a master chef. That was his mm. profession. And he loved to run in the woods in particular. And he could no longer take runs. This has been going on for three, four years. And towards the end of the retreat, well, in the testimonial, he shared that during this time, I mean, it's so moving to me. And there were other stories like this too, but his sense of taste returned. After three or four years, he went for his first run in three years, you know, right there at that retreat. And we followed him because a friend of mine continued working with him. And now he's back doing the work he loves to do. He's out there being a chef somewhere. He's got his life back. It's incredible. It's almost like being able to, when you work with yourself with these practices, you're turning switches back on that have been turned off for whatever reason. I love that, turning a switch back on. It's been turned off. Yeah, it's it's amazing because sometimes, you know, over the years, what I've learned is that it's not always a direct circuit, you know, like circuitry. It's like, well, what if we can repave a new circuitry, a new pathway? And then that to me is what I've observed over the many years. It's like when people can do that, you start to see, you know, these incredible changes in people. You got to believe that. Right. Wow. I think that's incredible. Well, okay. So I think we're we're coming to the end here. So one thing though, that I want to know is, a new attendee coming to your class, what can they expect? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because they can expect to be welcomed wholeheartedly. They can expect that whatever they're bringing to the class in terms of any challenges they might be having with movement or maybe pain they may be carrying, that we will modify things, including people in wheelchairs or that are seated, that they will 
if they come to, if I have a series of six classes and they make it to only one and it's class number six, I will make it relevant for them. They will get something out of it. They can expect to receive follow-up from me. I will send an email to those who wish with practice links, either me or one of my teachers. So they have the opportunity to practice in between sessions and I will invite them to contact me in between if they have any questions or want a, a short bit of coaching. For our listeners, if you really heard John, that is what commitment and dedication is all about. And someone who is as passionate as John is about Qigong, that he's willing to fully immerse himself in and dedicate himself to making sure you get all you need from his class and his teachings. I think it's wonderful. Uh, hence, this is the reason why I honor John and are so grateful that he is at the center teaching our clients and, and giving them the resources they need to, to potentially have some healing. This has been awesome, John. I wish we had more time, but maybe we're going to need to do this again to do a little um, deeper dive. For now, and to our listeners, um, we will have some, John will give us some resources that we're going to put in the, the notes here that come with uh, this podcast series. So know that there's going to be some resources for you if you look on the notes of the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening about this amazing practice that uh, you may want to uh, explore further for yourself or come to a class at Wellness Within or register for online. You don't have to necessarily be local. We appreciate you listening today. Thank you so much. And thank you, John, for your time. I really appreciate you and the work that you've done. Well, that is mutual. I appreciate you too and this amazing organization that you've created. I'm honored to be a part of it. Thank you. Take care.